everybody, welcome to Lessons with Troy, the podcast. I'm your host, Troy Brittany Meyer. Today's guest is Hawaiian steel guitar player Mark Pruka. It's truly astounding how much Mark has accomplished on the steel guitar in such a short amount of time. Having only played the steel guitar for just a few short years, Mark has already been a featured artist at the 2015 Waikiki Hawaiian Steel Guitar Fest, sharing the stage with such greats as Bobby Ngano, Greg Sardina, Jeff Ahoy, Gary Aiko, and Mark's teacher, Alan Akaka. He is a member of the Chicago-based Hawaiian group Ho'opili and will also be a featured artist at the upcoming Aloha International Steel Guitar Festival in Winchester, Indiana. In this podcast, we talk all things Hawaiian steel guitar, and Mark has also tabbed out his arrangement of the tune Honolulu March, which, if you're interested in learning, I will have the tab, jam track, and performance track available for purchase on my other site at www.onlinelessonvideos.com. For more information about Mark's band, Ho'apili, you can visit their website at www.myhoapili.com, and that's M-Y-H-O-A-P-I-L-I.com. And for more information about the Aloha International Steel Guitar Festival in Winchester, Indiana, you can visit their Facebook page. Just do a search on Facebook for Aloha International Steel Guitar Club. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. And remember, if you want to learn more about Lab Steel, Dobro, Weisenborn, and more, be sure to check out my site at www.lessonswithtroy.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, let's go ahead and make welcome all the way from, I believe, Naperville, right? Yeah, Naperville. Naperville, Illinois, Mark Pruka. What's up, Mark? Hey, how are you? Hi, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank yeah, it's you. Good to- thank you. Yeah, good to have you here. I, I I always think it's it's funny, you know. The more I meet uh, steel Hawaiian steel guitar players, uh-huh. how many of us are in Illinois? Yeah, I know, like, right? <laughs> I guess it was like uh, it hit the mainland later on. You know, it came from uh, Hawaii to Hollywood, and then kind of went from there. We've had a lot of you know different conventions and things out in the mainland. So, yeah, you had mentioned. I think I was reading your bio which actually i gotta point people to that if you guys haven't checked it out go to steeltrappings.com i mean a lot of the bio stuff that i may ask him on this podcast is on that website um but you had mentioned the the joliet there's a hawaiian steel guitar yeah there there used to be i uh started going there uh i guess it was like 2012 and then they moved it to fort collins colorado Ah, uh, I was kind of, I was yeah. wondering, I was like, that's cool. There's one in Illinois, but yeah, right. that's the one that moved to right. Fort Collins. Are you going to the one in Fort Collins? Uh, I'd like to at some point, but I don't have any plans for this year, I know. It's a little far, you know, <laughs> compared to Joliet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> there's also another convention uh, in Indiana, the Aloha International Steel Guitar Club. I don't know if you've heard of them. But uh, yeah, they're yeah. Nick Fryer had mentioned that to me, I believe. Yeah, they're in yeah. Winchester, Indiana, and I'm actually going to be the guest artist uh, there in July. I think it's like I have to check, but I think it's like July 13th, 14th, 15th. Uh, oh, that's cool. That's, so yeah, that's a very cool convention. Very uh, small town type atmosphere. Uh, very friendly people. Great players. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Let me see what what now. I'll, See if I can pull up some some info on that. What's that one called again? It's the Aloha International Steel Guitar Convention. 
Aloha International. I believe Steel they guitar. have a website, but it's under construction. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that might be one that a lot of people may want to go to. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to, just Google that if you're mm -hmm. if you're, you're on that or listening to this. Yeah, that might be something. I, I had looked into that. I think from where I'm at, you know, close to St. Louis, it's not too far. It's maybe three hours or something. Yeah, it's like a four-hour, five-hour drive from here. So the thing is, there's no, like, major highway that goes straight there, so you kind of got to go around. <laughs> so that's too bad they moved the one from Joliet. I, I saw that in your bio and I'm like, I was getting all excited. I wanted to talk to you. Oh, about yeah, that. yeah. But yeah, it's, <laughs> I think it's still going well. They're having a HSG, they're having Eddie Palama this year, I think. And he's a great oh, player. Cool. Uh, I got to hear him in Hawaii while I was there and he sounds really good. So I think it'll be a great convention this year. Yeah, yeah. I need to go. That's that's not too far. I know, you know, flying from St. Louis, that's a. That's a real quick flight. I don't know what it is. It's just a couple hour flight, I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Driving is a whole different thing. Right, it's right. For sure. Hour drive. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, why don't you tell our audience just a little bit, you know, how how did you get started with all this, you know, steel guitar and Hawaiian music? <clears throat> yeah, sure. So uh I guess it started like when I was seven or eight years old. I uh listened to an Is C D. And do you know Is? Yeah, you know, like over, oh, yeah. over the Rainbow, yeah. So his yeah. CDs were like that CD, the Facing Future CD that I listened to, came out in like '93, and that was the year I was born. Actually, it was like really nice. popular for like a decade after, and it was being sold in all the different stores around here, and uh, you know, pretty popular. So uh, I listened to that CD, and uh, I really just kind of gained an appreciation for Hawaiian music. Now there wasn't really any, I don't think, steel guitar in that one, uh, but that kind of was what sparked my interest, and then. Um, Later on, I listened to some Hawaii Call CDs, which is, you know, much older, different type feel. But on there, I got to hear the steel guitar. And uh, About about how old were you then when you were getting into the Hawaii Call stuff? <clears throat> I was probably like 10 or 11. Okay. Uh, that's but yeah, I, I wasn't like playing or anything. I But it was kind of in the back of my mind at that point. Like, that's a cool instrument. You know, it sounded really yeah. sweet on there. So, uh, you know, I kind of had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to learn it. <clears throat> Uh, so it wasn't until, uh, I guess it was like 2010, when I went to Hawaii, and um, I saw in a magazine that they were having the first annual uh, Waikiki Beach Walk Steel Guitar Festival. And this yeah. this was the festival that uh, Alan produced. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I went there, and uh, obviously I got to hear all these great you know, Hawaiian steel guitar players. And uh, I met Alan briefly there. We had a brief conversation. I don't know if he even remembers it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I talked to him like about you know, you know, entry level steel guitars and things. He recommended like the Rogue, which is like an eighty to a hundred dollar steel. Oh yeah, yeah, the Amazon. Yeah, yeah, Rogue. yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I got back home and uh, I actually ended up buying the Rogue. Now this is like I'm obviously older. This is 2010, so it's not that long ago. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of just messed around with it for a little while. And then, uh, yeah, by fate, I saw that the Hawaiian Steel Guitar Association had their convention in Joliet, not that far from where I live. So I went there and nice. met some great players. And one of the guys there actually put me in touch with Alan. And uh, unbeknownst to me, he actually emailed Alan on behalf of me saying, you know, if there's this guy who wants to learn the steel guitar, you know, he knew that he gave Skype lessons. 
So uh, I received an email from Alan, you know, just out of the blue. I was like, wow, this is awesome. So uh, we didn't start lessons until like the following summer. So I guess it was like 2011. And uh, yeah, I thought I was going to take like a few lessons, four or five lessons. I ended up going forever with Alan. You know, that was kind of the changing point with Alan. Uh, You know, he worked on for the first year or year and a half just technique. And, you know, he sent me like an arrangement uh, like every week and I do my best to memorize it and we just keep going. And I don't even yeah, know how yeah. he uh, <clears throat> wrote so many arrangements in such a short period of time <laughs> because it's like unbelievable. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So then we worked on like fills and uh, eventually he got me writing my own arrangements and uh, things such as that. So, yeah, he was a big part in that. Nice. So when you're taking these these lessons with Alan... Um, we had talked about this, you know, before we we came on Skype, but um, mm-hmm. you're memorizing these. Like you basically would yeah. get one in a week and you would spend the whole week and you would get it to where, not where you're reading the tab anymore, right? To where you actually got the whole thing memorized. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And like for the longer arrangements, that was tougher, but uh, uh, really it just came down to a heck of a lot of practice. I, like I was practicing for like three hours a day at that point so oh yeah i can imagine i mean his yeah. his arrangements are tough i mean just to even right they're tough but they're your... like they're really well written too it's like unbelievable how well these are written i mean obviously you've seen them so uh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i mean i was telling you before i mean when i when i was taking lessons with him he would give me these to record for the the skype and uh for the podcast there's no way i mean i, I <laughs> It would be it would be the only thing I'd I'd have to be able to do to to be able to get something like that memorized. You know, I would go measure by measure and try to record it and piece the whole thing kind of together. But that's impressive that you could get those you could get those down in just a week. You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was a heck of a lot of practice. <laughs> so I'm just curious. You know, was he talking much theory then? Like was like or were you when you were learning these? Were you just kind of going through the motions uh, uh going through the motions well, but were kinda, you understanding what you're yeah, playing so i kind of had an advantage because like when i was about five or six i actually uh learned the piano and kind of how to sight read music and you know theory and stuff like that my sister actually uh took piano lessons and i never took lessons but she had all the level books so i just went through them one by one and kind of learned everything yeah. i needed to and then you know i played guitar and other stuff so uh the steel kind of came a little bit more naturally to me than if I hadn't uh, done any kind of instruments before. For sure. Yeah. 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 So you're writing your own arrangements um, now. What, what, are you uh, using much theory or, or are you just kind of, kind of going by um, what you've learned from Allen's and, and transcribing different, different people's stuff? Yeah, it's probably a combination. Uh, you know, obviously you want to, Theory-wise, you want it to be correct so that it sounds right and everything. Uh, yeah. Obviously, like I listen to different players, and it helps to know theory because you can figure out, you know, what they're playing, what chords they're playing. You know, like if you listen to like a Jules C or like all that chord work in there. Uh, and yeah. I, you know, Alan obviously was influenced by him because you hear a lot of that in Alan's playing also. Uh, yeah, yeah. So different licks such as that, and you know, incorporating them into different arrangements as well. So nice. Nice. Yeah, I mean, something that I really love when Alan, you know, has an arrangement are those split bar chords. Oh, yeah. Where he, oh, he gets such cool harmony, yeah. you know, with the split bar. I mean, do you have any, um, 
of those kind of chords? Or what's what's your arrangement? Like, I guess I should mention that uh, for this podcast, you wrote out your arrangement of uh, Honolulu March, right? Right, right. Yeah, that was a song that I had actually uh, done begun writing uh, when I was a student of Alan's. And uh, I've since kind of tweaked a few things. I made it simpler so that you know, more people can play it. Originally, I had like harmonics and all kinds of different things. Uh, I simplified it a bit. Uh, but yeah, so as far as like chord work, it also depends on the tuning you're using. Uh, I'm getting into the C diatonic tuning, which is a seven string tuning, where you can get some really lush chords out of that. And that was uh, one of Jerry Bird's tunings. Uh, now, what would that be? I've never heard of that one. Yeah, so uh, from top to bottom, it's a diatonic. So from top to bottom, it'd be like the tuning first string E, then C, B, A, G, F, E. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's a weird tuning. Yeah, it's a crazy tuning. Wow. But uh, you can get, obviously, you get nines, you can get all different sorts of chords out of it. Um, I mean, if you listen to, I think... Jerry, one of Jerry's albums, well, Jerry used it on a few different albums, but I think the By Request album has a few tunes with it on uh, the C diatonic tuning. And uh, usually it's more for like slower songs and, you know, where you want kind of those rich chords as opposed to like the fast one where you're doing a lot of single string work. And Now, is that tuning lends it, lend itself well more to the straight bar chords or the, or the split bar kind of slant chords? But you can do both because like, you know, like the split bar chords, you can pull off like you would do for the C6 tuning because you have your E, C, and then your uh, uh, your G string. Mm-hmm. So uh, you got like your ninth if you do a split bar on those or, you know, something like that. Um, gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Actually, it leads me into a question. There's wasn't a whole lot of questions that came up on Facebook, but let me okay. Let me mention some of some of these questions. Uh, so Guy, let me see what his last name is. Guy Pernetti asks, could you ask him how many tunings does he use? <laughs> how many tunings? <laughs> uh, that I would perform with, that I feel comfortable enough that I'm performing with. I pretty much use uh, C13, C6, but you know, with A strings, I would just make it a C13. And then uh, B11th, and then uh, the C diatonic, which I've been using quite a bit lately. Um, nice. Now, when you learn from Alan, he teaches you like all different kinds of tuning. He, you know, you'll go into, you know, the B eleventh, the E thirteenth. He goes into D ninth, you know, things such as that. And I'm sure you've uh, seen some of those arrangements as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, a few. I mean, he, it gets to a point to where it's almost tune specific. You know, like this tune yeah. is a lot easier, sounds better for for this tuning. Have you found that, or do you find that one is like a little bit better for improvising. No, for sure. Uh, it's depending on the type of song, the style you're going to play the song. Uh, you know, like an E thirteenth, you're gonna. It's going to be more for like a swing hapahali type tune as opposed to like if you're doing like Feed Rogers, like Sons of Hawaii stuff. You're gonna like what I use would be like a C six and just do some arpeggios. You're not going to do kind of you know those crazy chords <laughs> that you would yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's that's cool to to know what, I guess what tuning gives you what kind of a of a sound. I I guess I would like to know a little bit more about that. Could you maybe talk a little bit more about like 
different like specific tunes that might require certain tunings? I sure. Think so like, okay, like so see diatonic tuning, like I mentioned, like slow songs. So you could do like a Stardust on that, or you could do like, uh, like I was fumbling around with uh, Moon River in C diatonic. And uh, yeah, really lush chords, uh, you know, beautiful sounding. Whereas like uh, you could do uh, for an E13th, you could do like, uh, what am I thinking of? uh like across the sea i think alan had an arrangement okay. of that um okay you know you can do that with b11th also obviously sand b11th or uh mapuana yeah yeah yep. uh so yeah but basically you can play anything in c6 from what i've learned and i've always heard that as well but you know like i've done sand in c6 as well which is yeah you know it's not quite as lush and good as it is in b11th but i mean it still works and you can you know finagle yeah. certain things and make it work nice nice well cool well i wanted to mention too a cool place i wanted to visit and i know you play there a lot and we talked about this you know before we started recording but uh uh talk a little bit if you can about that tiki terrace tiki place terrace? is it as, as cool as what it i mean it looks incredible yeah the food looks amazing yeah yeah so it's a authentic hawaiian restaurant uh it's in a strip mall in des plaines illinois and uh the guy who i believe owns it i think it's the guy who owns it does all his own wood carvings so he's got all these uh intricate wood carvings all decorating the entire restaurant um and then they have live music they have a luau show which uh the restaurant produces as well i think on saturday nights and then uh i play there with a group uh the fourth thursday of every month and i think okay. i i think i heard that you're gonna have dave kolars because i think he, he plays oh, there yeah. as well i think he's like the second thursday maybe so yeah <laughs> so you guys kind of alternate yeah, or something. right it's cool yeah that's so cool that, you know, Dave, you, myself, uh, there's another guy from Springfield, Illinois, that I met at um, the 2016 Maui Steel Guitar Festival. I'm like, what is going on with Illinois yeah. and Hawaiian steel guitars? I'd mentioned that before, but it's yeah, like, right. man, that's, it's like the Midwest. You, would, you wouldn't think that, that there would be so many uh, steel guitar players from there. Maybe, honestly, maybe it was the uh, Joliet yeah, Hawaiian. it definitely could have been. I know, like, uh, the Oahu method was really big in the Midwest, too. I don't, you know, the old Oahu Publishing Company. Yeah, okay. So, you know, for the older players, you know, they learned on that. Uh, so, yeah, that could have had something to do with it as well. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, you know, you're talking about the Tiki Terrace and your band playing there. Let's talk about your band. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's called Hope. And I'm horrible at pronouncing yeah, yeah. this stuff, but Hoapili, ho right? Hoapili, yeah. And uh, that's yeah, the Hawaiian yeah. word for friendship, I believe. But uh, Okay. Uh, yeah, they're a great group, authentic Hawaiian band. Um, our lead singer, Ron Cabanada, he's uh, from Hawaii. Actually, all three of the guys uh, lived in Hawaii at some point and then moved over here for work and, you know, different things. Um, so Ron plays guitar and the ukulele and... Uh, then Kina Kame, he is uh, his great or his grandfather, I believe, was Eddie Kame's cousin, and so oh, Eddie cool. Kame was one of the uh, founders of the Sons of Hawaii, I think. So nice. uh, yeah, obviously it's in his blood as well, the music, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, the bass player Danny Yamamoto, he uh, his great grandmother is 
Edith Kanakaole. I'm not sure if you've heard of her, but she's a mm -hmm. pretty well-known uh, traditional Hawaiian songwriter. Uh, she's did she created quite a few uh, hula standards that they play nowadays. So nice. yeah. Well, cool. And what kind of uh, what kind of gigs are you guys doing? We've basically been doing everything. We've been doing uh, you know parties, weddings. Uh, I was mentioning you uh, you got us a gig actually in the city for a clothing <laughs> store. We were uh, playing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We were playing uh, there. Uh, it's an island type clothing store. Uh, so yeah, we did like a two hour show there for the shoppers and. Nice. Uh, yeah, so it's been pretty busy. In the summer, obviously, it picks up a lot more, so it's uh, been kind of busy. And uh, Ron's wife, Leanne, she uh, is the president of the Hula Association of the Midwest. Okay. So she runs different events for Hula around here as well. Um, so we just did a Aloha Jam, which was uh, a Hula uh, event in Downers Grove. We did that, I think, last week. So, uh, nice. yeah. Now, do you get requests? Cause I do all the time that they actually want dancers and like the fire swingers and all that. And it's like music seems to be kind of third priority. What I, what I see with this, you know, a lot of the gigs that I get asked for, you know, they're like, we want hula dancers. And it's like, well, what about the music? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. We've gotten that a lot. Luckily we've been covered cause you know, we, she's a hula dancer, Leanne and her daughter's a hula dancer and, since she's the president, she knows all these hula dancers. So yeah. we've been pretty covered as far as that, as well as, you know, fire dancers and things. Now, usually most people don't request a fire dancer for a gig. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, definitely the hula. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess in Chicago, you there's all kinds of different kinds of gigs, you know. It seems, yeah. It seems like what we get called for is more the backyard kind of uh, little luau things. Where okay. Like the, pig on a stick and all that stuff oh yeah you know? yeah 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 we've had yeah. plenty of those as well uh yeah it all depends basically and different people see you online or they uh hear about you from one place to another and nice yeah cool let's let's uh so it's you you had mentioned that the website is www.myhoapili and i'll spell that for you yeah for the listeners you know how to spell it but uh my and then it's h o a P-I-L-I.com, right? Right, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, and then if you're on Facebook, you'd mention that it's uh, Friends of Hoa Pili. Right. So yeah, go that... out and check that out if you can. Yep. Well, cool, man. Let's uh, maybe dive into this tune a little bit. That, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, we're gonna, uh, I, got, I wanted to tell the listeners, too, that um, Mark has got the tablature, the jam tracks, performance tracks, and I'm going to put that up on my other site where... Um, you have seen Alan's, you know, lessons or, or his, uh, not necessarily a lesson, but it's more the tablature and all that stuff that that's for sale on there. So if you, you want to learn Mark's awesome arrangement of this, go to www.onlinelessonvideos.com and, uh, you can get that. So yeah, let's talk about Honolulu March a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, this is a song that it's, I guess, over a hundred years old now. Um, the oldest steel guitar recording I know of is Pali Kailua. He did it in 1914. I think that's somewhere on YouTube. And that, obviously, that was before electric steels were invented. Uh, so they yeah. were all using, you know, acoustic type. Um, so, yeah, it's a very kind of a wacky tune. Uh, I know Soho <laughs> PE 
picked it up then later on, I think in the 20s or 30s, and uh, as well as the Netherlands players, uh, Rudy Wairata and uh, George De Freitas. Um, you know, they, they got some great versions of it as well. So I kind of took some licks and different things and threw that into the tab that I heard from other players, as well as, uh, you know, trying to keep it simple enough so that whoever wants to play, you can add your own licks. Um, it's, uh, it's about an eight-page arrangement, so <laughs> it's kind of long, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun <laughs> tune to learn. It's a little advanced, but... Uh, I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> now, do you have, I didn't even ask you this when we got going, do you have your steel with you? I do. Yeah, it's right here. Cool. I mean, I, let's let's show that to the people and then yeah, maybe we yeah. can dive into some, some different parts yeah, of this, so this that you want to show. The good old fry pan. Uh, I got this from uh, uh, the Fuzzy Pedal Steel Guitar Company in Japan. That's run by Mitsuo Fuji. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's... Uh, also known as you know the Excel guitars, so uh, ah, gotcha. yeah, uh, Jerry. I guess later after the he made the show Bud Miles, he went through uh, uh, Excel Company uh, to manufacture his fry pan. So this is the Jerry Bird fry pan uh, made by Excel. So yeah, it's got okay. a cool tone, uh, single coil pickup, not a real horseshoe, but uh, it's still okay. pretty cool tone. Uh, so yeah, I've been mostly using this for, uh, my gigs, especially with whole Peely cause they do a lot of Sons of Hawaii stuff. So all I need is really a single neck, you know, C6 type tuning. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that's an eight string. Yeah, this is an eight string. Uh, I got it tuned to C13, which is the, what I learned from Alan. And it's also the tuning Jules I see used. Okay. And that's from thickest to thinnest, uh, it's the root, right? C, B flat, right? That's the two lowest strings. Is that what you're doing? Uh, yeah. So I guess like from top to bottom, E, C, A, G, E, C, B flat, and then a low C. <laughs> you're like Alan. Yeah. That messes me up every time. <laughs> I always do it from six to one, and yeah. Alan does it. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you guys are now the only two people on earth, I think, that do They go top go to from... bottom? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, cool. Well, what, you know, I'm curious, what amp are you using, too? Uh, I'm using, I have a Fender uh, Twin Reverb that I've been using uh, mostly, uh, and that sounds really good, because it stays clean. yeah. Uh, I don't like stuff that breaks up a ton, so you can get it pretty loud, and it'll stay clean. Uh, So you're you're going on these gigs with a Fender Twin, then? uh, No, I, well... I also uh, <laughs> use a Yamaha THR, which is the kind Alan uses. Um, oh, okay. And usually I kind of use that as like a head amp and then plug into a sound system. Gotcha. But if there's like no inputs or if I got like, we got like a ton of different uh, things that need being plugged in, I'll bring the amp. But that's kind of a backbreaker, uh, so I try to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Those are super heavy. Yeah. Have you, you know, what's your thoughts of amps? Uh, like Bobby Ngano, I know, plays the little... Um, the Roland, I think, it? right? Roland Micro yeah, Cube. Yeah. yeah, those are kind of cool. I mean, for the price and then for the size, and they run on batteries. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. There's some great amps out there. The key is, you know, being able to set them properly to get the sound that you want. Um, for me, like, I would just crank the bass usually, no matter what I'm playing in, and then kind of keep the mids at around four and then the treble kind of lower uh, and that seems to have yeah. worked for me uh, but yeah it's all depends on the player nice 
Are you using one of uh, Basil's uh, slides? No, this is just a plain old Dunlop that I got uh, way back when that I've been using. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cool, man. Yeah. What's some uh, challenging parts? Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of uh, in this arrangement. You'll see there's like a lot of grace notes, and that's here. See if I can move to my steel. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. So, uh, there's a lot of grace notes, and uh, <clears throat> so I get the first run, there's like a. So, you got like a grace note there. Two grace notes. And then. Yeah, uh, how are you doing that with the right hand? What? How are you doing that with the, with your yeah, right hand? So, uh, this is like a, what a lot of the old players did, these kinds of techniques. Uh, basically, you just do a thumb finger, index finger, middle finger. You do it really fast okay. so that you can block at them. Like that. Cool. Yeah. So there's a, I've, I've learned something today. I've, I've always heard Alan do that, and I've, I didn't know exactly what the fingering was that he would use to do something like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a lot of that kind of stuff in this arrangement, actually. So obviously mastering that's kind of a priority uh, for to play this. Um, you know, there's also like a – I heard Soho Opie do a tune – or do a lick, I guess. Yeah, so I put that in there as well. Uh, and that's basically just, uh, uh, so you're playing, uh, the first string. Uh, so you're playing E notes on both. You're playing the first string and then the second string. Uh, I'm not nice. sure if you can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, that's in there cool. as well, as well as a couple like reverse slants. So. Okay. So you want to get those down as well. So yeah, it's a little advanced, but uh, it's that's a fun okay. tune. I mean, the recording's there, so you'll hear it. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of dive into some questions here. So sure. What's some things you know? I know the challenging part of playing steel. Or, or Hawaiian steel, mm-hmm. obviously tone and and blocking, and uh, playing in tune. You know all these kind of fundamental things right. that are, are kind of challenging. Maybe talk about because you know just in what little you you played for me right there. Right. Um, you know you've got awesome intonation. Maybe let's. I'm going to dive into just kind of a little little parts. What what do you recommend for people to work on intonation? Oh, all right. Well. I would, if your intonation is bad on your slants, what I would do is set up one of those tuners, uh, you know, the ones that can take the vibration and uh, tell you, you know, how flat you are, how sharp you are on a note. And I would just leave that on and then make sure you get it to the point where uh, you're hitting green on the tuner for both notes. I mean, this is something that I did way back when. And the more you do that, the more you're going to learn how much pressure you're going to need to apply to the bar uh, to okay. get proper intonation. So that's one thing that really helped me. And then, like, uh, obviously picking's kind of a difficult thing when you start off with the finger picks. Um, usually what I did when I started off was just basically uh, take a metronome and just keep picking 
and uh, you know try it with different strings and basically just do that for a few hours with your all your fingers you know hit the okay. right notes with the palm blocking obviously and uh, okay yeah that was a big help uh, I mean when you do that for hours on end you start to get used to the string spacing on your guitar which is uh, you know can be kind of challenging for different players especially like if you're used to a real wide spacing and then you go get a different guitar and it's got a narrower spacing uh, so yeah I would say that helps quite a bit as well let me dive in a little bit to your slant technique if you can just mm -hmm. kind of slow that down like maybe you know do a do a slant let me see how, you, how you're putting where you're putting your bar and all that yeah sure so here's a just a normal uh, I'll do a forward slant first so uh, this is the way I learned from Alan. Uh, you want to be able to manipulate the bar so that you can easily uh, tilt it forward and then apply pressure with your index finger uh, to get uh, the strings in tune. Like that kind nice. of thing. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, kind of thing um that, that sounds so hawaiian and i i always mention this to alan i i honestly i mean you're doing a lot there but i really think that hawaiian sound a lot of it comes from that vibrato yeah what, can you explain your your approach to vibrato <laughs> a little bit yeah so it's kind of individual for each player um i would say like a lot of the older players they seem to use a much wider vibrato than they do now now it's kind of more like uh sweet type of vibrato but if you hear like some of the older recordings like soho p he'll do like you know he'll do like you know that kind of thing but uh yeah uh it's really individual to each player um the key to vibrato obviously you want to make sure uh to this to start with you're properly intonated on the fret then you just want to move slowly back and forth around that intonation point so that was uh that's a yeah. That's a big thing for Hawaiian music, as opposed to like country, where you just kind of play it straight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're um, let's say the fret is you know right right there. You're going pretty much equally in front of the fret and behind the fret with your vibrato. Is yeah, that right? that's a, yeah. That's ideally, I think that's where you want to be. Um, now, if you're going from like uh, somewhere down here. Obviously, you want to approach it properly, too. I mean, you can do, like, um, just kind of do a quick slide and then go yeah. around the point there. Um, okay. You know, for, like, uh, this arrangement, uh, there's, like, a Rudy Wairata a thing that he used to do where, like, uh, he would do, like, a, so, like, you almost have, like, a slur there. Nice. So it's really and who is with Hawaiian music? It's really just as much as hitting the notes as it is, you know, getting from one to another. I mean, that's kind of half the battle there. 
Now you had mentioned a guy's name. Who's that again? Rudy Wairata. And uh, he was an Indonesian player uh, who I guess moved to the Netherlands. And he, he does a mean version of this Honolulu March song. So uh, yeah, check him out if you can. He, you know, they call it like trick, tickling the strings, like, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah he's a really good player. Okay, one. Uh, well, I probably have a lot more, but let's check out your uh, your approach to split bar chords split and, and bar, maybe some cool yeah. Uh, voicings. Yeah, yeah. So like, okay. Uh, so say you're like backing up a player. Uh, you know, you want a ninth chord or whatever. So say I want to do like a C ninth. I can do it like this. And there's nice. there's your split bar. So you want to apply pressure between. Uh, strings one and two on the 10th fret and then you want to be able to slide down and what else strings are you playing there so I'm playing strings one two and four, one, two, and four on, the, okay. on the 10th fret and then on the fourth string 10th fret I'm sliding that down to the ninth fret okay and then you're with the split bar chords um, you're taking that the tip of your bar and you're kind of putting a little bit of pressure on string two, right? To kind of push it down, literally down a little bit. Yeah, you want to obviously apply the right pressure to both strings. Now you want the the uh, advantage of having a uh, round nose bar, like as opposed to a Stevens, you probably couldn't pull that off on that type no. of bar. But uh, with the round nose, you can get in between uh, strings one and two there. So then it's just a matter of applying the right pressure to keep everything in tune. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. like I said, if you have like a tuner on you, you know, you can tell how in tune your notes are. And then, uh, you know, it eventually becomes muscle memory. Nice. What, a, what about, let's, let's do some, uh, and I guess, you know, depending on what the root note is, these, these could be lots of different chords. But um, you said you had mentioned ninth chords, and that's real... Uh, super useful. What about like major sevenths or augmented or weird diminished chords or anything like that? Do you do you know any of those using split bar? Uh, using split bar? Uh, not really on this tuning that I would... Okay. I mean, you can do like... A, I mean, you could do like a... Uh, so here's like a C major seventh. So you have your E, your G, your B. I mean, you're leaving out the root. That's just a straight. Uh, yeah. You could also, I guess, do like a slant up here. Nice. Um, and that's just a regular slant, uh, string one, twelfth fret, eleventh uh, uh, fret, string two, and then tenth tenth fret, string three. So that's just a normal slant. So I mean, you know, there's it's technically an E minor, but you can do a use it as a C major seventh as well, because obviously, uh, you know, with some of the more complex chords, they have simpler chords inside of them so yeah yeah nice um let's see i, I got all kinds of <laughs> things that i could want you to do um is there any cool intros that you're just dying to, to show everybody uh it really depends on the song like for what hoopelia and i do we mostly just kind of vamp so i do like okay. i know like a billion different types of amps so you, you can yeah, do like yeah, uh yeah, that'd be great <laughs> you know
of thing. Nice, uh, nice. You know, if you're doing more like swing, like if you're in the key of G, you can go B minor, B flat minor, A minor, D7. So like a three, was that like a three six two five one thing? Yeah, so it'd be like a B minor, B flat minor, A minor to, to your D seven. Nice. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah, I I love intros. That's I need to do another <laughs> lesson on just just cool intros. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Intros are definitely fun. There's one that, talking about swing intros. There's one that Alan does a lot. He'll do it for like. What is it? Is it Maui or uh, I'm going? I'm, uh, oh Maui yeah, tomorrow. yeah, yeah. See if I can show it on here. I think it's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is that one? Show show us that. So one. yeah, this is a. So you're playing like a G six. So you got your uh, B D, then your E. So you're playing an open okay. E. And then strings two and three on the second fret. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can show it better. Oh, yeah, yeah. That looks good. Yeah. Okay, so you're lifting the bar, too, to play between strings two and three. Okay. And then you're just moving that down a fret for a B-flat diminished. Okay. And then here's your A minor. Just open strings one, two, and three. And then uh, you would play strings one and two open, and then string number five. Here you go from fret three to two. Nice. So yeah, that's okay. like a. Uh, I guess it'd be a your one chord, your uh, diminished. So your three diminished, three flat diminished. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, I would was listening to you guys on YouTube. There's there's a bunch of videos from I think the Waikiki festival that you played, and um, you know 2015 was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played there uh, 2015. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really cool. And and uh, what was the one tune that that you played at the Marriott? I believe the slow Jerry Bird. Oh yeah, Estrellita. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so pretty. Yeah, oh that's that's a nice song. Uh, yeah, I kind of learned it from. Uh, I saw an arrangement of Jerry's, and then I kind of just added a few different things, and you know, different things such as that. And that was done in the C six A seven tuning, which Alan also teaches. Um, basically, it's the same, but on the for like a six string guitar, mm -hmm. if you uh, sharpen the sixth string to a C sharp, uh, that is basically the tuning. Uh, so then you'd have like, uh, if I do it right here. Okay, so now I have like, uh, so now if I play the bottom four on a sixth string tuning, so that's like a D seventh right there. Yeah, 
it's really that's a nice chord. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's cool. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, that's on my to-do list to learn. You know, you had mentioned, um, uh, shoot, was Stardust. Stardust. I know Jerry, yeah. Jerry Bird does that. Now, do you know what tuning he does that on? I think he used the diatonic tuning on that, uh, just based on listening to it. Um, I haven't heard it in a while, so I'm not for sure. But yeah. I think he used a diatonic, and that was the E, C, B, A, G, F, E. That's a seven-string tuning. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Let's see here. Any, any other uh, cool intros that you want to show us that's <laughs> just popping in your mind? As far as I love those vamps, man. I can't The vamps, yeah. And you can do, like, you know, chordal vamps, too. So, like, say I want, like, a, say I'm in C. I want to do, like, a... Two five, so you know that's just a chordal vamp. Um, Yeah, you'll hear a lot of the chord stuff with Jules Ossie if you listen. Now, uh, somewhere online, there's a what's called the Tapper Room tapes. I'm not sure if you've heard those. Yeah, I mean that stuff is like gold for chord work. (laughs) (laughs) But he's using like three different tunings on it too, so you got to kind of figure out what he's using where. I believe he's uh-huh. using the C thirteenth, B eleventh, and the E thirteenth. Um, but yeah, that stuff is terrific. Nice, nice. So I got a. Let me see. We got yeah. another question here. Okay. Uh, Shinichi, I know Shinichi. He's a great guy. Kakiuchi, I believe you yeah. pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's from Japan, and he says, okay. "How many songs?" And I'll try to kind of translate this. What he's saying. How many songs? He says he owns a repertoire of, I'm not sure what, he, how many songs, I guess, in your repertoire of steel guitar solos, and who is his most favorite style player? Okay. Uh, so the number of steel guitar solos, like arrangements, you think? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Well, basically what I learned from Alan and then what I've worked on myself, so probably somewhere over 100. <laughs> Whoa. But yeah. Nice. Um, now, as far as like you know, improvising and making up solos, yeah, yeah. As long as you know different songs, you can do that as well, and you know the chords. Um, as far as steel guitar styling, <laughs> uh, I think I've been probably most influenced by my teacher, just because I've learned a lot of licks from him and technique and things. Um, and as I said, you hear a lot of uh, Jerry and his playing, and a lot of uh, Jules Assi. So those two as well have been. Uh, kind of big for me uh, jewels with the chords and all that and then jerry as far as like uh kind of the melodic lines that he used you know a lot of his stuff was scale based it seemed to me um especially if you listen to like a lot of his fills and things how he backed up a singer um he kind of would you know he'd hit the main notes and then kind of dance around and uh you know things like that if you listen to like even some of his earlier recordings like Annalonie. I don't, I don't know if you've heard that one by him, but, uh, you know, talk about like just dancing around the notes, you know, just, uh, really good stuff. So, um, him as well. And I really like his touch and tone, uh, obviously. So, you know, like Estralita and stuff, you know, um, and then, uh, I like listening to a lot of the earlier players like Soho OPE. Um, you know, this, uh, March that I have is, obviously taken from a lot of the earlier stuff, uh, King Benny Navahi and 
uh, players like that. Uh, so yeah, I try to incorporate yeah. different things that I hear from all of them. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, a couple of my favorites, and, and I'm curious what you know. You you think uh, Billy Hugh Lynn mm -hmm. and Barney Isaacs? Oh, I yeah. really love those two guys. Yeah. You know? um, just such a cool swing feel. I think I'm kind of attracted to that. You know, the, the swingy part of of Hawaiian music. You know. Yeah. Well, as I understand, it, I know Barney. I think was influenced by Jules as well. Uh, at least that's what I read somewhere. Uh, so you hear some of that in his playing as well. <clears throat> um, Nice. And Billy Hughlin, yeah, great, great player. And even like uh, the players now too. I mean, they've been a big influence on me because I've actually gotten to see them up close and see what they're doing. Like, you know, Bobby and Gano, Greg Sardina, Jeff Alhoy. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Nice. Have you, uh, you know, us both being Illinois boys, is there any plans in the future of of uh... A relocation to Hawaii? <laughs> Have you ever thought of that? Uh, yeah, I thought of it a lot. <laughs> uh, I'd like to at some point. Uh, obviously, like, you know, I think jobs are kind of scarce right now in Hawaii. You know, they, the people who are living there right now obviously need to be taken care of first. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, at some point, I'd love to, especially because, like, you reach a point where you're, like, listening to all these recordings and, you know, you figure out what they're doing on them, but you know, you want to see it like up close. You want to, you know, kind of be immersed in it. So yeah, I'd, I'd nice. like to at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've thought of, I've thought of that. You know, we, we collect so much stuff like me in my studio and it's like, I'd have to sell everything. I don't know how I yeah. even get to Hawaii. It's in, <laughs> what do you do? Put everything on a ship and like ship it over to Hawaii. I mean, yeah, I, I know. Know. Right. Right. But... And it's cost of living. So <laughs> I think quite a bit more than here too. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And I don't know too, like gig, gig wise, it seems like a lot of those, those gigs would be, you know, the masters like Greg Sardina and Alan, all those guys are trying to get gigs, you know, so yeah, <laughs> it seems right. like they'd be pretty taken up. Well, even know? like now it, it's a shame because like, it seems like, uh, the Holly Kulani, obviously they still have the Hawaiian music and the Hawaiian steel guitar. But a lot of the other hotels have moved kind of to more contemporary Hawaiian music, so the steel guitar has kind of been left out. So uh, yeah. obviously what Alan's doing has been great to revive it and bring it back and all the steel festivals and things, you know, raising awareness for the instrument. So uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to go to all of his festivals, the Kauai one. And, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. That, that, it's I, just I, such a long flight, an expensive flight, you know. Right, yeah, I'd... I've uh, been to the main islands except for Kauai, so I think that may be the next festival. Hopefully, maybe next year, or hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, you know, I always like to ask people what some of their favorite albums are, you know, that people can recommend, and maybe there's uh, iTunes or Amazon or Spotify or something that people can check out, some albums that you'd recommend yeah. to people. What, so uh, yeah. I recently got an album uh, not that long ago. It's called Islands Call. It was a tribute to Hawaii Calls. It's got, I think it was done maybe in the 80s. You'll have to ask Alan. But it's got Alan on it, Jerry Bird on it, and then Barney Isaacs. So the three of them. I'm, have you heard Whoa. that album? Yeah. I'm not I sure. have. I mean, where could I find it? Uh, I, it may be out of print now, but maybe if you can Google it, you can find like a used copy or something. Uh, <laughs> That's the hard thing with a lot of these yeah, really I know. good Hawaiian albums. Islands Call? Islands Call, yeah. That was a great album. Uh, Alan, I think, plays a Wisenborn for Papa Holly Hula Girl. 
he just tears it up. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, I'm just I'm googling it now. Oh, Islands Call, there it is. Yeah. I'm I'm allmusic.com. Looks like that that has it. That's cool. I don't know. I guess you can never seen this site allmusic.com. Okay. Ellen Akaka and the Islanders. Nice. Yeah. So, I I think when I talked with Alan, he said that I guess Jerry worked on some of the arrangements as well and so they had like a trio, so three steel guitars at once and a couple of songs. So, yeah, it's really cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, what else you got? To uh, let's see. Uh, I obviously like uh, the Tap Room tapes. Uh, that's not an album, but um, if you can Google those and find those, those are great to listen to. Uh, I mentioned the By Request album by Jerry. I like a lot of those songs. He does a yes. lot of medleys and things like that. Um yeah, I like that album a lot. And then uh, even some of the newer stuff, like uh, Greg Sardina recently released an album. Uh, I think it was called Stainless, I think. Have you, have, yeah. have you heard of that one? Yeah. And that's like... Yeah, yeah. So, you know, obviously Greg does a lot more contemporary type stuff on the steel, so he's kind of pushing it forward. But uh, yeah, he does some... Uh, he does like... Uh, what is the song on it? Uh, that Elvis tune, Can't Help Falling in Love. He just turns it into yeah. like a... Like a rock arrangement, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do you, uh, you know, I'm always looking for like other albums that maybe some of these guys, uh, like they back up other people, like Jeff Ahoy. You know any albums with uh, him? On it? I know he's on a lot, but I don't really know of them. Uh, yeah. I know like uh, Gary Iko released an album uh, not that long ago, and Alan was backing him up on that. And then there's an older album that gary released and i think jerry was backing him up on that one so if you search nice. gary eichel albums you may be able to find both of them um you know bobby's been on quite a few albums as well i think i have a few but i can't think of the names of them as far as who he's backing up but yeah yeah i mean so many different styles so many different types of music but you know they do such a good job of uh you know making their different styles work with the music that they're playing with. So it's pretty cool. Nice. Nice. Let's see if I got uh, any other questions that I had written down here. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I was curious too, you know, what, just to talk a little bit about your day job, you know, it, when you're not, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Superman and Clark Kent, like you got the Clark Kent, what's your, your Clark Kent. So I, re <laughs> I recently just got hired. I haven't started yet. So uh, oh, okay. I, I'll be nice. starting next June uh, software engineering. So that's kind of my day oh. job. Uh, so you're a computer computer guy in the day day job. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So nice. I uh, do that by day and uh, and just come home and play. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. Are you coding or what's the, what do you do? Yeah, I do coding. I do, uh, you know, IT work, you know troubleshooting things such as that um i my degree was in computer science so obviously i have a pretty strong coding background as well but uh yeah nice and i've heard a do, lot of you, uh uh the computer guys are also musicians i don't know if it's something about the way the brain is wired or what but <laughs> i guess i guess there's like some real truth to that that a lot of the computer guys are also musicians so 
I think that is true. My nephew is, uh, you know, he's young, but he's all getting in, into coding right now. He's probably, I think he's a freshman in high school. Okay. You know, but before that, he studied piano and he loves saxophone. He, okay. he reads, sight reads music. Yeah. There might be something to like people that sight read music and then the, the coding. Yeah, I don't the, know. I don't know. It's something in the brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Do you, uh, have you gotten into like making apps or any, anything like that? Uh, well, for like college and stuff, I worked on different things, but uh, none right now that I'm uh, currently working on. Obviously, I'll be devoting my time to the company I'm working for. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's exciting. Are you... <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. That's... <laughs> <What's> the... <laughs> Are you planning any trips to, to Hawaii anytime soon? Uh, probably not this year. Um pretty busy at this year because starting work and then uh you know doing other gigs and stuff but uh maybe next year maybe i hope <laughs> hopefully i can <laughs> yeah. schedule it around the steel festival so that i can play there nice yeah. nice yeah the maui one um have you have you been to that one yet i have the not maui been, i've been to maui but i haven't been to that festival uh i was in maui uh, i think before uh they started uh doing the you know, Alan started running it and doing the Maui Steel Festival, but I listened to it on uh, Steel Radio. They had it on uh, this past one, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago already. And, uh, you know, I was able to actually record it and hear all different things different players were doing. So nice. and that was really nice that they broadcasted that. And I think they're going to yeah. rebroadcast it, uh, I want to say Memorial Day weekend. So if you missed oh, it and really? you want to listen to it, yeah, go to steelradio.com. And, uh, yeah, take a listen to it. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I would think, I mean, I'm just throwing this out there, but I would think you could be like a featured artist at one of those. I'd like to be. <laughs> I mean, I was lucky uh, when I was in Hawaii in 2015, uh, Alan asked me to be a featured artist at the Waikiki Festival, the Waikiki Steel Guitar Festival. And that has since moved, as I understand it, to uh, the Royal Hawaiian Hotel. Originally, it was on the Beach Walk, Lure Street. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I guess they're, this year, I guess they're doing like a week-long list of activities for that festival. Whereas when I was there, it was like just the one day. So, yeah, if you're uh, thinking about going this summer, I think it's in July. Anybody out there is thinking about going, yeah, check it out, the Waikiki Steel Guitar Festival. And I think there's a website for that as well. So Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of that's on the um... – Addison Ching's mm -hmm. and, and Alan's steel trappings. And that's, I always kept misspelling trappings. Trappings has two P's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So yeah, I guess Addison just started the steel trappings, the blog, and we've had different contributors there. I know you've been putting your podcasts on there. And I, I recently just completed a series on uh, finale, the music uh, notation software. Um, so nice. you can check all that out as well. Um, nice. Yeah, it's a very cool blog. I know he's doing a great job to always make sure it always stays updated. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that out, steeltrappings.com. Yeah, and you, you said you were doing one on Finale. What, what's that entail? Yeah, so it was basically a tutorial for, uh, you know, a steel guitarist never having any experience with Finale uh, to uh, be able to uh, start using it and creating arrangements. So I kept it fairly simple now. It's very detailed, so um, definitely check it out. Follow all the steps that, you know, but I get you to, from creating a blank sheet of paper to actually being able to 
add in the music notation stats, the tablature stats, uh, making sure you uh, can tailor it to whatever tuning you want to do the arrangement in, and then, uh, nice. yeah, being able to notate the music. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've used Finale a little bit. I uh, One I use, what's it called? Sibelius is the Sibelius, one I use a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I've heard of them, but I haven't used them. And then the one that I found is the easiest. It's just like like so easy is guitar pro guitar, guitar pro. pro six okay and you can change the tuning and it's it's just it's super simple so i finale always seem like man it's it's pretty complicated <laughs> you know yeah i mean the goal of the tutorial i mean it doesn't show you everything but at least it gets you started so that you can you have a platform you can build off of then um nice yeah finale i've enjoyed finale especially it's good with like uh if you're doing chord charts I mean, you can uh, create rhythmic charts, and I know Abandon the Box does that as well. Uh, yeah, You can yeah. print out your chord charts in there, but I really like the way finales looked. Um, I know if you look at it like any of Alan's music or some of the stuff that he had for his ensemble, he uses uh, finale for his chord charts as well. Oh, yeah, they look so professional, you know. Yeah. Are you yeah. having to put in, like in finale, I know in Sibelius, I'd have to put in the tab, and then go up and put in the notation in addition to that. Do you have to do that in Finale? So with Finale, I mean, there's a couple different ways to do it. I mean, you can put in the tab and then just drag it, and then it knows based on uh, the tuning that you set on the tablature. Uh, oh, it knows okay. what notes you're playing, so it saves a lot of time that way. So all your uh, standard notation is all proper. <laughs> so Nice. Yeah, so that's good. And you can even actually, <clears throat> if you like, don't have your steel with you or something, you here's something, you can put it in the standard notation, then when you uh, get home, you know, you can drag it down to the tablature and, you know, figure out how to play that on the steel, so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, the, the Guitar Pro, you type it in and, and it just comes up, you know, on the on the notation above it. it okay. There's another one, Table Edit, um, that a lot of people use. That's a free one, I think. Yeah, that's I think up. that's a free one. Uh, I've seen a couple of different things done in that, and that's good as well. But obviously, it doesn't nothing looks as professional as like Finale or no. Sobelius or something like that. Yeah, you can really dial in. I mean, every little aspect. Yeah, of yeah. Those, I mean, those, those tab uh, that I have up the Honolulu March that was done in Finale. So you, I mean, you'll see uh, nice. how it looks. Cool. Yeah, and once again, we'll, we'll probably sign off here. But yeah, if you're if you're looking at um, you know learning his Honolulu March, uh, check out onlinelessonvideos.com, and I'm gonna put a little uh, artist section up, or you know you'll have your own little little link on, on there and everything. So hopefully you know in the future we'll uh, we'll you can maybe if you have another arrangement you know let me know and we'll check it out on the on the podcast. All right, sounds good. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show and. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's it was, it was really informative. Thanks. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate the uh, platform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks, Mark. All right. we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully talk again, and, uh, and we'll see you down the road. Okay, thanks. Take care. Okay, thanks, Mark. All right. Bye. Bye.